1: T-Shawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: T-Shawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the, uh, corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You got us right there. Good morning, gentlemen. What up, baby? Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Whoa. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'll tell you what. Um, you heard the sound coming in. Giants and Jets both <laughs> lose yesterday, but not all losses are created equal. You know, heading in to these games, Key, Jay, I thought, look, I know Belichick, young quarterback, this and that, but the Jets are talented, man. I wonder was going to happen. You lose Vera Tucker, but they're talented. The Patriots, not so much. They had a real chance to win that game. The Giants, I felt like, that's ah, a schedule loss. Seattle does a lot of the same thing. The Giants do only maybe more high-octane. Giants have won a lot of close games. That's not going to go on forever. They went to London and then came back, and then went to the Ravens, and they won those games, and they went on the road again, and they won a close one. Now they got to go all the way to Seattle, the way Geno Smith is playing, and, and Metcalf was playing key. I remember it looked like he was. A, Metcalf was in, and he caught a t- Like, it just – I'm not as a Giants fan. I'm cool. I, I, I figure they're going to lose that game. It's almost like a schedule loss. If I'm a Jets fan today. I'm like, damn, we could have turned the corner as a franchise and didn't do it. Where are you guys with what you saw yesterday?
3: I, I, I figured, much like you said, I didn't go into a whole travel schedule because they went to London a month ago. So that <laughs> they still. But it's three work. weeks out of
2: four they're traveling.
3: <laughs> but I, I think just. Going, it's tough to play in Seattle. One of the first things I said to you, Max, is, and and Jay, when we talked about this game, is you're going from New York to Seattle, the 12th man, it's going to be raining and misty and all. It's just a, a tough environment to play in. The Jets, on the other hand, it's a little more, probably a little more devastating in terms of the loss because you thought that they had turned the corner and, they had a recipe for success, even though Brees Hall wasn't playing in the game, you still have a recipe for success. And they went away from that and they started to throw the ball a little bit too much for me up against a Bill Belichick, you know, led defense, and they got the quarterback in trouble. You know, he dropped him back forty one times. And I know people look at the yardage and go, wow, he threw for three fifty five. Well, if you drop him back forty one times, you're gonna throw for three fifty five. The big number is the three interceptions. You can't afford to turn the football over that way,
4: and he did. You see, for me yesterday with the Giants, it, it just it exposed what the issue already was, frankly. like They contained Daniel Jones. They didn't allow him to create plays with his legs. They contained Saquon Barkley to a degree, and the lack of wide receiver options yeah, is something right. that just showed his ugly face. I mean, at the end of the day, like we've been openly stating, Max, multiple times as it relates to the G-Men, is that – it comes down to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley carrying the load or the defense manufacturing some offense. And they weren't able to do that yesterday. I, I'm really not concerned with either teams, frankly. I mean, the Jets, you talked about losing Vera Tuckler. We talk about the fact that Brees Hall has been out. James Robinson, we have Rex Ryan in here earlier. You know, a week to learn the playbook, to understand what it is. It, it, it's not a major indictment on Zach Wilson as, you know, James Robinson gets more comfortable with the playbook and getting acclimated to the offense. I want to see what happens next week if they trend in the right direction. But I think both teams is kind of what it is. Two things. One, well,
2: for the Giants, Richie James on special teams turns the ball over twice. If you just don't have that, the Giants have a chance to win the game, and that's without Bellinger, who's a promising young tight end, who was hurt last week, right? And, and, and Daniel Jones, one of his favorite targets. So, so that's number probably, one for yeah. the Giants key i want you to look at a graphic can we put that graphic back on the screen for the jets it just feels different look at this these are quarterbacks pressured since 09 what their completion percentage is so the worst completion percentage until now was sam bradford in 2011 19 percent when pressured since 09 we're talking about 13 seasons almost Ryan Mallett, 24%. Remember Mallett backed up Tom Brady? He was like the third stringer, and then they gave him the deal in, in Texas. Chad Henney, 24%. The worst out of all those guys in 13 years when pressured is Zach Wilson, Key, 15%.
3: Well, when you, when you look at it, they're not protecting him, and everybody knows that, and Bill Belichick knew that, and you're going up against Bill Belichick too. And this is just the season, right? This is not one game. But there's a book out. And they're they're studying that book, and these defensive coordinators are paid a lot of money to understand what could create a problem for a quarterback. And and right now it's the pressure, and he's turning the ball over at an alarming rate. And this is why I wouldn't drop my quarterback back forty-one times. Yeah, it just makes no sense at all. I mean, so Keith, it, what would you have done? Well, you stick to the same game plan, you try to run the football, and then every now and then, if you need to take a shot, you take a shot. You, keep, you don't give the game to the New England Patriots. You basically gift-wrapped it and handed them the football game by dropping him back 41 times. But that's their philosophy, and I'm sure if the coaches were questioned about those sort of things, they would have answers as to why they did what they did.
2: Yeah, it's a tale of two quarterbacks to me right now with New York football, right? who's has the best – quarterback in New York who has the most upside which team is better they both seem a little bit ahead of schedule certainly the Giants seem ahead of schedule first year under Day Bowl listen to Daniel Jones after the game on how much focus he put on yesterday's game versus the big picture
3: a lot of focus to this game there's a lot of things we need to correct a lot of things we didn't do well enough today so we'll look to uh sure those up we'll look to make corrections and um, you know we'll look back at the first half uh, to some extent and, and see where we can continue to improve. But uh, I imagine a lot of our focus will be on be on this game.
2: Now, Daniel Jones, a much more experienced quarterback key, but he talks and acts and plays the way you script it from what you want to see from a guy really in like year two or three. But you got to write off a lot of those years before And he, and he
3: did a good job. Look, he did okay yesterday. Okay, they were, they were tied in the fourth quarter, 13-13. It took Geno Smith five five straight completions in a 75-yard capped off by a Lockett touchdown for them to go ahead. I mean, it, it's 75 yards, okay? It wasn't like that they just all of a sudden started to just run away with the game on the opening kickoff. The Giants were in it to the end. Um, if I'm a Giant fan, if I'm Giant coaching staff this morning, I'm walking away still positive about the outcome of the game. I know you you, you don't look at it that way typically, But because the circumstances, they went up against a red-hot quarterback in Geno Smith on the road. And if they would have got out of there with a W, that would be great. But they didn't. The Jets, on the other hand, they didn't do the young man any good by dropping him back 41 times.
2: Yeah. I mean, they just didn't. Speaking of that, Jay, I want you to listen to this. Because Daniel Jones has been taking better care of the football, et cetera, et cetera. And even Mm -hmm. with all that, again, if Richie James doesn't fumble it twice— and Bellinger's in the game. I think the Giants, not much margin for error on that team. They're not as talented as the Jets. The Jets are a talented team, but but Zach Wilson's a much younger quarterback. Listen to Zach Wilson, who's very erratic. That's putting it nicely. In the loss to the Patriots on his interceptions.
5: I had some boneheaded plays. First, uh, second interception. I really meant to throw that ball away. Do closed on me faster. Kind of had me leave the ball inside. Um, can't mess with that. Got to sell it. And then the last one was just really – I really just wanted to make a play. I sick of coming off the field, and, and I can't do that, you know, put my defense in a bad situation there. Um, but, no, all day I, I didn't feel like I let that stuff bother me. Yeah,
4: man, look, that, that second turnover was really bad. It was obviously backpedaling, just lofted the ball up there. I mean, I appreciate he's trying to give you a real account, you know, about you know his decision-making process and, and why it turned out to be bad. I, I put a lot of that on Bill Belichick in the scheme, obviously – but you have to deliver, man. And, and here's going to be, you know, the patience level that I wonder what Jet fans have, considering Brees Hall is out. Even if the scheme was to say the same. I mean, they rushed the ball for only 51 yards yesterday on the ground. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. If you can't get anything going on the ground, you're going to naturally look to your quarterback to make plays happen, which puts him in a precarious
2: situation. A little earlier this morning, Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst, and of course, head coach once upon a time of the New York football Jets when they did quite well, especially by their standards. Listen to what he said on this program about Zach Wilson. I look at a guy that certainly has the ability, and part of that is that escape ability he has. Look, that dude was pressured like crazy. Look, we saw a guy like Sam Darnold absolutely wilt under pressure before. This kid doesn't wilt under pressure. I I think he's got some of that stuff that I believe in, and one of it is that arm talent. So I think he's got a chance. I I, I really do, and I think you ought to be a little patient with the guy. We knew there was going to be growing pains, you know. So to me, I just think, you know, you stay with this guy. Let's not give up on him just because he lost. The game to Bill Belichick, coach defense. I mean, did throw for 350 yards. Now you're right; they don't need. That's not the blueprint going forward. They need to be more balanced. And I think when James Robinson gets caught up to speed, I think they will be more balanced as a
3: football team. Yeah, look, you you don't give up on the kid. There's no giving up on him. But at the same time, you have to help him. You cannot drop back 41 times. You have to be more balanced. And I understand James Robinson needs to get up to speed. But James Robinson is not the only back that you have. There's other backs that are in there. And even if you are not getting the necessary yardage by rushing the football, the attempts is what matter. When you attempt to run the football, it makes everything easier for the quarterback position. In terms of him being young, okay, he's young. All right, turn around and throw the ball in the third row. All you got to do is turn around and throw it in the third row. or Just turn your body, throw it in the third row. Make sure it it, it gets up past the line of scrimmage and live to see another day. That's the best play possible. Don't try to be a hero. Don't try to show your arm talent by throwing the ball, flipping it, and hopefully it's a completion. Don't do that because that's what causes those three interceptions.
4: Yeah, I'm just not going to double down, Key. I mean, we – Double down? What do you mean, double down? Well, um, no, I'm talking about the fact, like, I I hear a lot of people doubling down on Zach Wilson saying, you know, he's been put in that situation. Look, you have to react, man. This is what the game presents. And – I mean, how many young quarterbacks are actually beating Bill Belichick anyway at that stage of their career? Yeah, Key,
2: you talk about this all the young quarterback ain't beating Bill Belichick, right? Like but, he's gonna but, confuse him.
3: But I'm gonna give him the best opportunity to by not dropping him back forty one times. Okay, I can beat Bill Belichick because guess how? I'm gonna run the football, I'm gonna keep my defense to play. No Vera well.
2: Tucker and no Brees Hall. You know what so I'm saying?
3: So why am it's I hard. dropping back to get him knocked out?
4: Yeah, well, that's true. What do you think, Jay? Does it mean, convince you? I, 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 no, I'm, I'm just watching a game yesterday, man. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. That's I mean, okay, I, though. It's the attempts. Remember, it's not the yardage.
3: It's the attempts. I,
4: like, I just feel like it's turned into a way bigger thing. Like, all of a sudden, it's, a, it's an indictment now on Zach Wilson and the coaching staff where this team had a legit chance to still win the game. So, like so they,
2: here's the question about Zach Wilson now. You know, back in my day, if it's a second-year quarterback, what does Key say? Just drive to the stadium, get there year one. Year two, what do you want to see, Key? Don't, like, what is it you're looking for year two?
3: I, I don't need you doing that. I don't need you throwing the ball forty one right. times. Just don't make a lot.
2: Try to I c- don't you know, need make that. mistakes You're and stuff. not going to win that way. Here's the question: because nowadays oh, you got to win in your rookie contract window. That's not true. Very few actually do that, right? A lot of wh- who wins the Super? Tom Brady's not in his rookie window, you know. Patrick Mahomes just got paid. They are just fine, right? <laughs> Josh Allen, these guys. Here's the question: from what we've seen from Zach Wilson so far, what do we think the upside is? Like I thought you could already write Daniel Jones off as he's never going to be a great quarterback. He might be a good one. But now I'm there thinking, wait a minute, he's in year four, but really, as Key would say, almost like in year two because of how messed up things have been with the Giants so far. Now we can start to see, now I'm starting to think about Daniel Jones. Let me see him with a top receiver, an alpha dog receiver, to see what I really think of him. Where are we with Daniel Jones, sorry, with Zach Wilson Right now, in our evaluation, Jay, you say you can't double down on him. What do you mean, like that? You really
4: think he might be something? I think he has potential to be something, but I mean, it's a matter of how how patient can how patient will a franchise be in this market, where each and every day, every time they lose, people are up and screaming and yelling. Like that, that's what happens, right? It's like, oh, he threw the ball forty one times, and I don't want to see that. But, like, all right, like there's no. You can't have any room for growth anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it can't take a couple of years.
2: That's on the coach, though, not on Zach Wilson. If he drops back 41 times, one with the key. Where are you on Zach Wilson's upside?
3: I, I I don't I don't really know, to be honest with you, Max, because I haven't seen enough of him. The little bit that I've seen, I haven't liked. There's nothing. Just because a guy has a, Jeff George had a laser arm. What is that? What a, like? Come on. Just because a guy makes a throw. Still waiting
2: for Jeff George. <laughs>
3: That's, that's the, that,
2: Am I lying, though, Max? Yeah. I yeah, mean, like, no. Jeff George could throw with the best of them. It's only one part of it. It's almost like that's a prerequisite. you got to be able to make all the throws. If you got extra, that's good, but that's just one part.
3: But I haven't seen anything to me in a short period of time that made me go, oh, I think he got some. But I can tell you many quarterbacks that I've seen that says, yeah, he's going to be all right. Justin
2: Herbert, for example. Well, I, uh, Justin yeah.
3: Herbert, Hurts. Uh, even to the point now, looking at Tua, I'm like, oh, he's going to be he, he' gonna be all right. And the reason he's going to be all right is because he's very accurate. And that's what they want him to do. They want him to be very accurate at throwing the football. So when you're looking at it, you're going, okay. I Maybe think he can he, be a left-handed he,
2: Drew Brees, I right? I
3: think he can be okay. Yeah. But doesn't mean that he's going to be Justin Herbert. It just means that he's going to be okay. So when I look at Zach Wilson, I haven't seen anything that makes me go,
2: all right, do going to be good. Zach Wilson, like, hey, d- can Tua be a left-handed Drew Brees? Now you start to look and you go, oh, wait a minute. Zach Wilson never going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? That's what it looks like for now. Elijah Moore was asked about his chemistry with quarterback Zach Wilson. Listen to the Jets wide out after yesterday's loss. How
5: would you describe your chemistry
6: with Zach on the field?
7: Uh, probably, I can't. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. I don't get the ball. I don't know. <laughs>
4: Go get him, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Go get him, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Go get him, that. Packers.
2: It's true, right. though. What's the chemistry? I don't know. I don't get the ball. How would I know?
3: How would I know? I don't even get the rock. Oof. Yeah, why would they ask him that, though, I wonder?
4: Feels like one of those setup questions. Well, you well, know, let's put this He's way. not
3: worried about being
2: set-up because he answered it.
4: No, but I'm saying that, that, that's, a, that's a typical, let me ask this guy who hasn't received the ball, you know, how he feels about their chemistry. Get him to say something.
2: I, I, you know where my mind goes, Key and Jay? When Odell went to the Browns, they weren't throwing them the ball. And and they weren't throwing the ball, but they were also losing. They weren't getting the ball to other guys who were tearing it up, right? And so Odell's sitting there going, timeout. If you ain't getting the ball to me, we, is, someone should be open, right? But you're not doing that either. So, so real, But that was a chemistry thing. There was no chemistry between Baker and Odell. Is it a chemistry issue with the fact that he's not getting the ball key with with Zach Wilson, is it a coaching issue? I don't know. To be honest
3: with you, I don't know if it's if it's the chemistry or if they call in the plays or they're putting. The, whenever I see a talented player not being able to show his talents, I always go back to the coaches because the coaches could dictate what you're going to be. They put you in the right positions to succeed in the in the wrong positions to fail. That's just the reality of it. They wanted Elijah Moore to to be the guy then they can certainly put him in positions to be the guy. They obviously feel like Garrett Wilson is a much better receiver for them, and they haven't figured out what to do with with Elijah Moore in terms of his style. Like, what do we do with him? We got him. Is he a jack of all trades and a master of none? Is he a guy that we can use on fly sweeps? Can we do some of the Debo Samuel stuff with him? They just haven't figured that out. And I don't think he wants to mess around with them any longer.
4: I mean, yeah, he's made that clear. For a minute now, I mean, when you drop back and you throw the ball forty-one times and you throw the ball for three hundred fifty-five yards, and Elijah Moore has no catches, he has one target. You tell me where that fits into the offense. So,
2: who had the more disappointing loss between the Jets and the Giants? Eight eight eight, say ESPN seven two nine three seven seven six. And should the Giants trade for a wideout? Trade deadline coming right up. <clears throat> it, you know, it clearly, if you just want to stop Saquon Barkley, because you're not afraid without Bellinger in the game, even. You're not afraid of the the Giants' passing game at all. Slayton was pretty good, um, and he's kind of like a normal NFL wideout. But on the Giants, that's the number one. Who I mean, they tra- they who, what receiver got traded so far? Anybody? Yeah. Um,
3: who just oh Kadarius Tony? Kadarius, yeah, Kadarius from traded, the Giants. Kaderis Tony, he got traded. But anybody else that mattered? Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson anybody?
4: got traded. Mm.
3: So what's like who's out there? To, like what's left? DJ Moore's left. It's not going to be.
2: It's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins because yeah, it, it doesn't look Jared like we're going to. Judy, gonna, ja- Judy is the name that comes up a lot. Jared
3: Judy potentially can help. Yeah, but, I mean, there's not a there's just not a lot out there. Even if
2: you get the Giants a receiver, and the Giants are not the only team looking for receiver. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But the the point is not just to get him a receiver. The point is. Key is, you would say, an alpha receiver to find out about Daniel Jones. If the Giants make the playoffs this year, great. But they're so far ahead of schedule with Day Bowl year one. That's not my actual main concern. To me, this year, if you make the playoffs, it's amazing. I want to find out about Daniel Jones. I don't think you can do that just by bringing in a nice little receiver. You need Jared, to see what Jared, he could do with a number Jared one Judy guy.
3: Might, Jared, Judy has some flashes here and there. I mean, he may be a guy that if they really want to move on from him, that you probably could go get. He's still on his rookie contract.
2: So the money, Um,
3: yeah.
2: I mean, uh, that may be a guy that you go get. Daniel in West Virginia has an idea. What you got, Daniel?
3: I think the Giants could target somebody like Brandon Cooks from the Texans. They're not going to win now, and he's been pretty reliable throughout his career as a deep threat.
2: What do you think, Key, about Cooks? Is he a take-the-lid-off guy or a real number one? He's going to be running out of teams in a minute.
3: Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it it would help a little because Danny Jones will be able to chunk it, because he can still run. He's still a good, like you said, a liable receiver. I mean, he's been on what was how many teams he's been on? He's been on like six teams. It is, feels that part, like.
2: is that partly because he has people key. are hoping he'll be a number one, but he's he's a valuable guy, but not really an alpha receiver?
5: Is I, that I don't why know, he,
3: to be honest with you, I don't know why he keep getting traded. I have no idea. None. I mean, he's always been good to me, like a good number two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you had a, a, a number one guy opposite of him, they both can do some dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he's been on the move so much. I have no idea.
2: Keyshawn J. Axe. I is, mean,
3: he's a home run hitter, though, right? Yeah, he is a I mean, home run a, hitter for sure. He can
2: go get it. Keyshawn J. Axe is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's tenth Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans this year. Their goal is to gift the vehicle to a recipient, small business, or nonprofit in every state. See more about their annual giveaway at keystoprogress.com. So Kyrie Irving defended his post uh, about a, an
1: anti-Semitic
2: uh, movie or anti-Jewish movie. How should the Nets handle this situation moving forward?
1: Listen to Keyshawn J. Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right.
6: Must
5: be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Keyshawn J. Willem X, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN U. Click more on the lower right hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You can find us right there. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can join the conversation. 888 say ESPN 729 3776. Question we're asking is uh, well, we asked a couple questions. One, the most overrated Halloween candy. And two, Jets or Giants? Which team had the more disappointing loss yesterday? Meantime, speaking of disappointing, Kyrie Irving defends his post about now. I'm going to be careful with my language here because if I say anti-Semitic, people talk about Semites, people from a certain region of the world, and and Ashkenazi Jews, meaning like although I have a little Sephardic in me, but Ashkenazi meaning well, <laughs> well Turks yes, uh, from Turkey and the Mediterranean, but Ashkenazi meaning white Jews um, are not. You know, genetically linked to that area that you read about in the Bible, like Sephardic Jews are. A lot of that was mass convert or convert converts from about a thousand to twelve hundred years ago in Europe, etc., etc. But anti-Jewish, as as we understand it in America, movie that Kyrie Irving uh, had had a post on social media about. The movie is called "Hebrews to Negroes: Wake Up, Black America," and. Kyrie said he's not going to, quote, stand down on what he believed in, despite the fact that Nets owner Joe Tsai and the NBA both released statements condemning Kyrie's decision to, you know, uh, look, Nick Friedel asked him about promoting it. And Kyrie got bogged down in the in the word promoting rather than discuss the content of what Nick was asking. So instead of saying promoting, let's say amplifying, because clearly if a guy with millions of followers retweets something, they are certainly amplifying. Right. So I'll say amplifying um, the uh, the movie and its message. So here's Kyrie at the Nets postgame presser.
7: I'm not here to be divisive on what's going on, on this or that. I'm not comparing Jews to blacks. I'm not comparing white to black. I'm not doing that. That conversation is dismissive and it constantly revolves around the rhetoric rhetoric of who are the chosen people of God. And I'm not here to argue over a person or a culture or religion on what they believe. No. Nah, this is what is here. It's on a public platform. Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? So out of all the judgment that people got from me posting, I just without talking to me and then I respect what Joe said but there has a lot to do with the not ego or pride of how proud I am to be an African heritage, but also to be living as a free black man here in America, knowing the historical complexities for me to get here. So I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me.
4: Jay, what do you think? So there was also the sound of Nick Ferdell. There is a lot to break down here, frankly. Um, I actually Kyrie's, point about promoting something there's a bigger point to that because that's what him and nick fredell got into so i, I want to address that first so number one it's on amazon it's on amazon so what did i do yesterday at four o'clock in the morning before jumping to social media reacting to Josiah, being anti-jewish like i wanted to actually watch it i watched it so to deconstruct it there were parts of it I really question that I can see be can can be claimed as anti-Jewish and I'm not Jewish, Max, you would be like, so I would like to hear other Jewish people tell me, you know, and, and depict that even more for me understood. I think the point, so that that's interesting about promoting it because it's on a public platform that is promoting it. So if you have any anger towards promoting something that's anti-Jewish, let's take that up with Amazon and Jeff Bezos first and foremost, overall, that's a bigger platform conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, as it relates to Kyrie, I, I hearing his depiction or his articulation of his point, it was more so trying to understand about the black Jewish community and where that's coming from. Right. Uh, black Israelites. I know that opens up another Pandora's box. It's very deep here. But I called some of my friends who are, are black Jews yesterday to talk to them about this. And a lot of them feel certain ways about how they've been treated within the Jewish community. And there's the no positives by the way, and the by the way right? in
2: no community is racism acceptable including Understood. in the Jewish community and I have a lot of problems with you know but but with any community including the Jewish one although as a community it's a loose community that where, where people are excluded based on race or made to feel or looked down upon based on race, I condemn
4: it 100% as any righteous person should. So I, I don't see Kyrie come from a place of negativity or hate, and he properly articulates that. The problem is that this then gets hijacked by somebody like Kanye, who then posts pictures of Kyrie or Stephen A. Smith and saying he's a real one, he's with us, and it gets put into that filter and it becomes polarizing. And it's one. Now look, the timing of Kyrie's post, I can't. I, I can't condone that, right? Like, you, you should be aware enough to recognize that the timing of a post like this is going to lead to a conversation of the tale of Kanye West. But I, I understand to a degree the acknowledging of him trying to understand the history of the black Jewish community and understanding, like, I mean, people have written songs about it. I mean, talk, Kendrick Lamar has written a song about this, right? Like, people have acknowledged this for a while. So it's it's deep, and I just don't want the con- the conversation to be hijacked.
2: Well, here's the thing, Jay. And, and I have not seen the movie. It's three and a half hours, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, that the book that it was taken from, right? Um, Hebrews, Hebrews to Negroes. I can tell you that there are certain things where if something is quoted as a credible source, I can tell you the book is garbage. I could throw it away. Even if there are good points made within it, or, or important historical messages to send. This happened. This explo- the, these people were involved in the exploitation, whether in a centrally organized way, as mm-hmm. people might accuse the Catholic Church at times, or in a looser way, as it may have been with Jewish merchants. Right? We're yep. talking about the slave trade now. That, those are all valid points. But once I see a certain shoddy level of scholarship, I know what, what I'm dealing. I know Agreed. what I'm dealing with. That's why I go back and to Max, why is it
4: on Amazon's platform to begin with.
2: Okay, that's fair. Apparently, the book also quotes from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is just propaganda, disinformation, lies about Jewish people. Like, you know, I will tell you, well, were Jewish merchants involved in this? Yes, they were, because they were merchants at the time, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, In the transatlantic slave trade, many people were, including some people who were Jewish, although not in some centrally organized, twirling the mustaches, haha now the Jews are going to get one over way. But you, that's a fair thing to bring up. But once you quote from the protocols of the elders of Zion, that would be like someone taking something that was written by some slave owner in the South about white supremacy or about how black people are mm-hmm. bad and putting that in some book or documentary as though it was a credible source. As soon as I saw that in there, I'd be like, whatever other points this author is making, I'm throwing it out because I see where you're coming from. Okay, I see where you're at mm-hmm. and I see the level of, of – Of um, vigor and and that you put into the scholarship. Zero, basically. It's just propaganda. That's where I'm like, hold up, time out. You're amplifying something that quotes. From well, the protocols of the elders. Well, that's why so I go back to a point. In. It's
4: already being amplified. It's on Amazon. It goes to billions of people. So, like way, both points are fa- correct, right? So, like I, I'm just saying, if, if somebody's going to challenge about amplification and promotion of something when it's on a platform that promotes and amplifies to billions of people, like that's a bigger problem. The difference than me. is one is
2: making it available, and that's that's a separate conversation. But I, f- but but my issue with Kyrie now is. If you do something like this and then people ask you about it, as Nick Friedel did. Oh, I agree with you. Then he wants to get bogged down. Then when I hear, like, well, what about what Amazon's doing? Okay, that's another conversation. We're not talking about that right now. Like, Mm -hmm. we're in the sports business. So when a sports figure brings it up, then we're going to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about what Kyrie did. And when I hear, what is Amazon? That's that's. That's uh, you know you're trying to distract. No, I'm you're not distracting.
4: To, I'm asking another question. But uh, okay, I, I get your but point. that's
2: that's the strategy. Or when Kyrie sits there going, it's not a strategy. I'm not. Massive. I'm not promoting.
4: I'm not. I'm not. Backing I'm not saying anybody. that you're
2: strategizing. I'm saying you may be falling prey to those who are strategizing because now you are. Giving that amplification on this show. Like what about what they're doing? But we're talking about Kyrie. It's all a way not to talk about Kyrie. And when Kyrie gets bogged down, as he did with Nick Friedel, I'm not promoting. In, I don't in agree the word with that. promoting, he, he may have some point to make about the word promoting. But Kyrie, you're you're clearly amplifying and, and you're skirting the point, which is
4: you gotta take responsibility for what you did. I one thousand percent agree with you. I'm not I'm not skirting, I'm not strategizing, I'm not falling prey to anything. I'm just acknowledging that there are other questions questions that need to be asked that doesn't excuse Kyrie Irving at all but I, I, I understand would you think that Kyrie Irving comes from a place of anti-Semitic kind of speech or hate talk
2: I think he I think Kyrie Irving is susceptible to low quality information that could be fair and and wants you to think he's smart and that's a bad combination
4: okay I mean we yeah. should talk about it more
2: Keyshawn J. Will, and Max what do the Phillies need to do apropos of this conversation, Key, you know, this really leads me to this thought. What do the Phillies need to do to get back, back on track at home? There's no good way to make these hard left turns, nope. right turns.
1: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now
8: playing ESPN Media. Or
1: watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
5: So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.
4: So the Lakers got their first win last night. Yay, Key, you guys got a win. Congrats. No? Okay, great. Great uh, great great passion. For your squad, I, I guess it just led to the question that I, I saw them literally splash Darvin Ham with water, Gatorade, whatever it might be. And the reaction, uh, Rachel Nichols put this out on Twitter. Who? Yeah, Rachel Nichols. And the reaction from people on her timeline were like, <laughs> yeah, Kobe would be excited about celebrating one and five. I get that it's a tradition probably that you want to welcome Darvin Ham and you're playing for somebody. It just and You, can, you should celebrate all wins. It's just, you know, it's like the Yankees. If the Yankees were to celebrate a win, you're like, oh, you you won more World Series than anybody else in the history of the sport. Uh,
3: I'm sure Aaron Boone's first victory was celebrated. I'm sure. That's what that's what people do with their coaches for the first time, the head coach in his first victory. This is not a second, third time head coach getting a win. This is a young head coach that has his first opportunity to break into the NBA As a head coach, and he wins a game, they just happen to be one in five at the time. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you have a. I didn't say well. I didn't didn't, agenda.
4: Wow. Well, first off, I never said there was anything wrong with it. I said that people's. I said people's responses on Twitter stated that would Kobe do something like that. That 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 is a good question. I'm sure. I'm sure.
3: Let me think. So Kobe, but of Kobe had Kobe hadn't have any first time head coaches, right? I mean, because he didn't play for he didn't play for, for no everybody, everybody he played for either won a championship, been involved in a championship, or coached for a very long time. He never had a first time head coach, whether it was Dale Harris all the way through Phil Jackson. But the but
2: the bigger point
3: is Luke like Walton. he
2: ha, look look short, co, short like things. the Lakers no, are Luke, the the Lakers. Luke,
3: had coached in Golden State before,
2: but the Lakers are the Yankees of the NBA. Meaning, you have to act like you've been there before. You can't celebrate one win. On the other, hand, and also, Kobe, Kobe, oh God, Kobe would not, Kobe would not be into that. Come on, man. If you're zeroing five zero, he would be into You win
3: and you win the first victory. They do it for the coach, man. You guys are. I no Nick no, that's legit. I, I, I'm not saying. I, I, I'm not I, saying
2: does. that's not legit, Key. That's a way to look at it. I'm just saying yeah, it is yeah. interesting. <laughs> You you can't deny Kobe would not be with it. Kobe would not be with celebrating oh you know one win in six seven games. Oh on, God,
3: man. stop! Would he or not? You guys are Kobe would have celebrated right with LeBron. Stop it.
2: I
4: don't uh, think so. I can not I, I can't, think so, no, I don't can't, can't that one, man. I don't no, he's celebrating cuz it's the
3: coach he's celebrating. It's not the victory. I, I just I
2: just it's, it's I appreciate the that.
4: celebration <laughs> goes more viral than actual victory does. You know what I'll no, say about does. it though?
2: I'll say this. I don't I disagree with you about Kobe key, but it does show you that they like coach and if the team feels that way about their coach, they can maybe turn it around cuz they obviously like that guy.
1: Jay hates the Lakers. Listen to Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the more tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN radio everywhere you are.
6: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp slash unsportsmanlike We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any
1: ...to The final out of the World Series. Field two. Swing it. And miss. it is over. Hear every pitch of Major League Baseball's postseason on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You can find us right there. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. with the most more disappointing loss? Giants or Jets? 888 say ESPN. What's the most overrated Halloween candy? 888 Who's in the starting five of Halloween candy? Key got your $100,000 bar in there. I think that's controversial. I think it might be the sixth man. I got m ms in there. Key says only with peanuts and maybe not even then. Jay doesn't like candy. Nope. The World Series is on ESPN Radio, presented by AutoZone. Catch all the action tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Game three, it's knotted at 1-1. Astros just tied it up. Game three starts tonight, 7 p.m. Jessica Mendoza, ESPN baseball analyst with us now. Jessica, tell me about your thoughts on Halloween candy first. I need them.
0: (laughs) Wait, hold. I just need to go back. Jay will doesn't like candy like i just need to get like i'm sure you guys already broke this down but like you don't like candy like any like across the board there isn't a piece of candy you don't like
4: i mean just i like starburst every <laughs> once in a while like i'm just not a big candy i've never been a big candy person though you know what i mean it's just since i've been a little kid caught a cavity one time it's just i was oh no
0: it. don't tell me like yellow or green or like the off colors no i'm a, I'm a red I'm red all day. The
4: nasty okay. type. All right. Red is not nasty. What? See, Jessica, this is what I do with. Is, is the red Starburst nasty to you? No, it's Thank delicious. You. See? Jessica, do you give away the pink Starburst? Or yes, you keep I them always with do. hate the pinks.
0: I give away the yellow. I See, I like, like the I'm like. i the
4: one who likes the yellow. Yeah. I like
2: all citrus. Yeah. When it comes to like non-chocolate type candy, I want citrus. I don't want the berry stuff. I want citrus
4: that's right where's this conversation
3: (laughs) i actually thought thought he asked jessica (laughs) i did ask jessica
2: she answered
3: Uh, max is (laughs) so funny i'm like max let her answer if she what candy she
2: like (laughs) i thought she answered
0: i'm all I'm all about peanut butter and chocolate. Like the mixture of that is like my favorite thing in the whole world. And that can be even like down to like a peanut M and M. Like that just like Mm -hmm. peanut chocolate. mm, That's like put any and there's like a million categories that go with that. But like, and I'm also obsessed with chocolate too. But
2: let's get it. Let's get into the peanut chocolate thing for a second. So does that mean that something like a uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup is ahead of Uh, Let's say a Snickers, which has the peanut and chocolate, but also nougat or whatever you call it, right? Like caramel, whatever. So, like caramel, I guess. In other words, if anything dilutes the peanut and chocolate, does that make it worse?
0: No, no. Bring it all on. (laughs) Like I love like all all the things, especially with peanut butter and chocolate. And then, if you want to add in anything except for your citrus, like I'm good.
2: (laughs) Jessica. What's the peanut butter and chocolate recipe to the Phillies getting back on track? Right. How do the Phillies get back <laughs> on track at home now, Jess?
0: That's exactly. It. I've been at home. I mean, this is a place. From what I understand, by the way, even getting here last night, you know, with the Eagles winning, going seven and zero, I mean, this place is nuts. Like, and you know, I've been a ton of World Series spots and walking around downtown, and I mean, it is it's going off right now. And from what I understand, I I was with you guys as you know, in New York for the, the CS, I wasn't here. And everyone has said, Boob Shambi, who works for us and has done 20-plus years, he said he has never heard a louder, crazier crowd than here in Philadelphia for a World Series game, or for a postseason game. And I do think that's a huge advantage for them. And I know, like, you know, crowd, how much does that play into it? But, I mean, you guys know, like, I mean, Keyshawn, J. Well, like, you understand how much a team feeds out. And we saw it in the CS the Philadelphia. I mean, they went ahead and swept San Diego once they got back here to Philly.
3: What What's the, the biggest key, though, for the Astros to not allow this to take place in game three?
0: You just can't give them anything down the middle of the plate. I mean, these hitters, as you've seen, I mean, there's a lot of swing and miss right? And, and the best thing the Astros do, as we know, is they put the ball in play. So even, I mean, shoot, Jose Altuve just over his head a foot off the plate in the last game. They have so many bat-to-ball guys in the Astros' lineup. The Phillies are just big dudes that can crush you in any given moment. And it's like, boom, 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 before you before you blink. I mean, ask Justin Verlander. Like, it can happen so quickly as soon as you start to make mistakes. And I get it. Like, you know, that's that's the case for a lot of hitters, but it's different for the Phillies. You start to give them even just a little bit of plate, and they will find way over the wall. And that that's something that like I've noticed, especially with the top of their lineup, is they're just waiting. They're literally just waiting for that one pitch, and it makes pitchers really nervous that they've got to be that perfect. And
4: Jessica, who, first off, who do you think is going to win the World Series and why?
0: I mean, I've still got the Astros, and I know that that like it's that I hate being the front runner like I always like to kind of have like the underdog mentality they can come back at any point but I do think to me Astros and Six mm. and watching the Phillies in the way that they win games it's magical because they they have so much mistake <laughs> like you know I talk about the swing and miss on their offense their defense has so many holes in it you know, their bullpen has guys that, that will throw it over the middle of the plate that don't always have command, and yet there's something magical about the way that they have played in the postseason. I get it. But the Astros, to me, just have that, like, I mean, and I love – I'm old school, like big-time old school. I love the contact. I love the fact that you can see in October, a team in October, you know how to freaking put the ball in play. Like, just literally when you get dudes that can – And that's every pitcher right now that's row 100 miles an hour and nasty sliders and all the things. You have guys in your lineup and and your big guys that just know how to make contact. Like, to me, that will always be my number one, and I will always pick the team that can do that and obviously do the other things too. And that's why the Astros, to me, are going to win it all.
3: Jessica, Dusty Baker came off the couch to manage this ball club, I think it was 2018, he was, he was just supposed to just be, you know, calm in the waters and nothing long-term. But now he finds himself still managing the Astros. What would this championship, if he was to get it, what would it mean for him?
0: Oh, man. I mean, Keyshawn, there, there's like nothing better than sitting down at, you know, managers office. And this has been the best thing about doing the games for, for radio is, you get to be able to sit down with the managers and sitting down with Dusty Baker. And he's so real about that. Like how, you know, like it's about team and all the things that he's ever done. And, he, and you know, like he won in 81 with the Dodgers. Like he has a world series ring, but as a manager, like this role that he has and, and you'll see it too, the shots of him in the dugout, like just, I mean, he is so cool and like chill as you get about the sixth inning on, there is a level of superstition, nervousness. I mean, you'll see him like all of a sudden. Jess, he's on the got five like,
2: seconds. That is awesome stuff, but we're up against it. Thank you, Jessica Mendoza. <laughs> NFL trade deadline <laughs> tomorrow. We're about to get into it. Thanks, Thanks Jessica. So
1: <laughs> From your radio to your smart speaker and phone.
8: Now playing ESPN Media.
1: Or watch on ESPN 2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday mornings starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two,